wrestling with romance it's your co-host life of dean how you doing how you feeling i hope it's all well and you know i'm very excited about today's episode this might be one of my favorite episodes that we've done uh we kick off the show talking about just life in general jack's had a chaotic few weeks a chaotic few weeks and he's going to take us into that um first of all he talks a little bit more about his time in japan uh, he tells us about a little personal, a little personal adventure. I'll let you know he had, if you catch my drift. And um, from there, we kind of just talk about different aspects of life. You know, we also touch on, you know, what was last week's episode supposed to be with his parents. Uh, you know, Jack is has definitely been like the main wrestling fan in his family. So he also talks about getting his father to come with him to some shows. Like he even got his father to go with him to WrestleMania 35. If you know exactly what WrestleMania I'm talking about, it's like the longest one day at longest one day WrestleMania in all of mankind. That was the one in MetLife Stadium where one people got stuck out in Jersey because the show ended way after train service was cut. That show. Um, but we, we talk about that. We get into some stuff about, you know, just the, the landscape of wrestling right now. We talk about AEW, the hook and Samoa Joe match, which I found from there. We also get into where we just think AEW is right now. I think it's a very exciting time for the promotion. Uh, I think there's a lot of possibilities. The heavyweight picture looks amazing. Uh, you kind of got one. They're where they're taking Hook right now. The Cope Open, even though that's a weird name, it's actually been pretty damn good. Um, then from there, you know, as we're talking about, you know, the landscape and, you know, what's happening in certain promotions. Kazuchika Okada is leaving New Japan. And it's just like, wow, even though we knew his contract was coming up, it's kind of just wild to get the announcement from New Japan. Uh, we just kind of talk about like where do we see New Japan going from here? How do we see them recovering? You know, was it a missed opportunity not getting him interacting with some of the young lions, like or the young, young next next up guys that you can see in like a shooter and things of that nature? So, we will discuss all of that in this episode. But, real quick, before we really fully jump into the episode, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Wrestling with the Romance. You know, that's all one word. And then follow us on Twitter, Romance Podcast, W-R, Mance Podcast. And, yeah, let's jump straight into it. See you guys next week. Peace. First, I want to apologize to fans for last week. Uh, I It had been a very hectic week. We were, I was trying to get the times right. And then my mom and dad actually wanted to be on the show and they were going to discuss my dating life and how like I ended up being the way that I am and how like my mom was even pointing out like you, Jack, you've always been this way. Like since you were a little kid, like you would meet a girl at recess and you would come home and saying, you're going to marry her. Like this is, (laughs) this has always been on the track. So you've always been this romantic. Yeah. Okay. Like, since I was a little, like, I guess, like, I mean, there's always shit I don't know, but, of like, course. since I was a kid, I've always, like, you know, I was that kid who came home in fifth grade and, like, every week was like, I have a girlfriend, I have a girlfriend, I have a girlfriend. 
And my dad would be like, okay, like, you know, just, I don't know what he was trying to prove, but he was just like, you know, it's just take it easy. And I'd be like, no, I'm going to marry this one for sure. Lock it in. Question. Is your dad kind of like, not that your dad's not the romantic, but he sees you and he's like, hey, buddy, you know, just reel it back a little bit. Just, you know, like. Yeah. Um, He's, I mean, just in the sense that he's a good dad that way. Of course. Of course, uh, protecting like, you from heartbreak and let down yeah. of that nature. And I think a dad's role, and I, listen, I'm childless, so I don't know, but I think a, a dad's role is, especially with sons, is just humility. Yeah. And, and instilling it upon them, and especially with a son like me, who's, to put it succinctly, is rambunctious in all aspects of life. Like, you know, it, it's gotta just whisper in my ear you're, you're only a man you're, you're just you you are but a man i love that yeah and he's also in general a more grounded human than me and mm. i don't even mean that in a good way or a bad way he's just a more grounded human than me who can think more practically than i can i've gotten that a lot in my personal life like i am the grounded person like usually i'm the person where either I have a poker face or I tell people pretty much like, hey, I get it. But just like, you know, logically, let's look at this step back, breathe. I don't lead with emotion unless you piss me off to a certain point. And and I so I wanted and then my parents were like, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll be up. We'll be up uh, because we ended up having to record the podcast in the morning because I had been in the snow cat two nights beforehand and then the day before when we were going to record it i fell asleep there's a little behind the scenes for you um (laughs) just been exhausted yesterday i got home um and i fell asleep at five i woke up twice for half an hour and besides that i woke up at seven this morning damn yeah your body your body's still switching over from Japan. Is it still switching I don't even over think that. Japan? I've just been getting like five hours of sleep a night for a couple Oof. weeks with all like the work uh, I've had to do on the hill just seven days a week and coaching and this and managing and all this, that, and the other thing. I mean, that's um, just how much sleep I get at night. So. Yeah. And so like then my mom was not only unable to participate in the podcast, she was asleep. And so like I have to talk quietly and then she wakes up and she starts lobbing in comments. Um <laughs> And, you know, I can't be my usual loud, boisterous self. And so, really, what I had to hold back was what what has to be, in my opinion, the greatest... Like, you know that Twitter account, uh, Accidental Bronson? Yes. I have, I have an Accidental Bronson line. There's, uh, it, it's from my Japan trip. Just hooked up with a six-foot Norwegian woman in a <laughs> Japanese hostel. <laughs> I can so that feels like a prime action, Bronson. <laughs> it's the little twists yes. on everything that, like, a, a Norwegian in Japan. She's six foot in a hostel bathroom. You know, there's a lot of character in just two bars right there. Right. Um, we're gonna call her. Uh, Emmy six feet with the dumpy. <laughs> Emmy six feet with the dumpy. <laughs> Which is another Bronson line. Oh my god. Okay. I met her. Um, so she's part Norwegian, part Belgium, lives in South Korea. 
That is an interesting mixture right there. That's a little different. Yes. She she's a little different. Um she's a full woman, which is what I appreciate. Mm-hmm. You know. Um and she checked into the hostel the same night I did. We see each other, we say hello when we're checking in, kind of casual, but you know, you get that feel. Right. You know, like in Scarface, the eyes, Chico, they never lie. <laughs> And then that night, or we get home from the Tokyo Dome, which I've been to. And if you're listening and haven't been, I want you to know I'm better than you. As soon as you said it, I had to roll my eyes because I was just like, oh, here he fucking goes. The Tokyo Dome. (laughs) Wrestling in the Tokyo Dome, and which I've seen, actually, and heard. I've heard the cry reverberate off the the ceiling. Beautiful, beautiful thing. We cut back, and there's a bar area for the hostel. That if you were staying in the hostel, you get a free drink. And but it's also just like a bar, it seems that people like show up and hang out in. Okay, she's there right away. We start flirting. I got my little program. I have uh, uh, here, hang on. Oh, okay. Yeah, so just give it one second. Jack is grabbing the program as he tells us his lovely new This is for our watchers. Yeah, I bought an NJPW program oh, from man. the Wrestle Kingdom program that has like all like the pictures and the storylines coming in, and it's got the roster in the back. I do have a question. Shoot. If you go to like a wrestler signing, like like a Mox doing a signing or a Danielson, would you have them sign it and then would you probably seal it? And then would I what? Seal it. Like, you know, keep it like locked up. Because uh, I mean so I'll pref- I'm gonna answer your question, but I'll preface it with I don't go to signings or meet and greets. They're just not yeah. my thing. Understood. Understood. Um I'll rather meet a wrestler in a bar and just kick it with them. Like, oh. that's cool. Like uh usually I end up talking to somebody when I'm at shows where it's like, Oh yeah, the wrestlers are going to this bar after if you want to come and hang out. Gotcha. Um I don't, I just don't, I don't like the feeling of being processed. That really irks me. I could get that. It, so that, so it's not my thing. If I were to go and have it signed, I would probably take that page out very carefully mm-hmm. and like put it in a nice little frame, like a picture okay. frame. I just ask because I don't, I've never gone to signings or like memes. Uh, the closest, and this is aged badly. I'm so mad I'm about to say this. But before he became who became Flip Gordon, even before like All In, he had the Flip City party thing outside. You know, when people liked Flip Gordon? Oh, you know, I right? remember. What a time. Yeah. Listen, yeah, dude had I a was... great storyline going into All In. And a great show. match with Cody. That was to me, the match up. So, also, what we were going to talk about with my dad on last week's show was, I've dragged my dad to a few really landmark wrestling events. Yeah, I took him to uh, WrestleMania 30, thirty-five, 30, the one in MetLife Stadium. Thirty-five. Um, thirty-five, which will go down as the longest wrestling show in history forever because it's Forever. because now they broke it up into two nights. I yeah. made him. We went for the pre-show and stayed for the whole thing. My dad is not a wrestling fan. I want to be clear here. You know Very how torturous that is? Fan. Do you know how torturous that is? That's a that lot is... of graps. Brother, that didn't end until like 1 a.m. That's a lot of graps. Well, we drove 
Okay. So like we different. didn't have to deal that's with like the whole shit show of like the train shutting down and all that. Still seven to one a.m. in MetLife Stadium. That's a <laughs> lot. I even I'm like I pre- I like broke him in and was like, listen, this is what's gonna happen. I un like just so you know, this is what we're gonna do. If you really want to leave, I'll find my way home. And my dad was like, nope, I'm staying, and sat there with me. And watched the whole show. Took a nap about halfway through. Um, you have to. <clears throat> he and this is also what, like, you know, John Moxley said this about Danielson is like Danielson can make anybody care. Yes, like it doesn't matter if it's like in a if it's in a parking lot in mm-hmm. like outside of some fucking Mexican taco shop, of course, in in you know Juarez or in WrestleMania. He can mm-hmm. make anybody care. The one match my dad got up for was Co- Kingston Danielson. Yeah, that was that was my match right there. Yeah, I needed a break after that. Like I took like a I, I don't even know what's the next matches after it. I know I took like a thirty to forty minute break. And then you get back and it's still like two more hours of wrestling. Oh, fucking god, bro! I was just like, god damn, this show, this show doesn't end. No, yeah, no, it was a miracle they broke it up into. Yeah, so he was going to talk but, about that. Um, he was going to talk about the first – well, the first wrestling show he brought me to was in Hartford, was a live event, okay. me and two friends. And he – it was like John Cena and Edge had a no DQ match and Cena bled like a stuffed pig for no fucking reason at a live Oof. event. Like full okay. crimson mask. Makes sense. And then he took me to a show at the Nassau Coliseum. Where which is now a famous show. It's where John threw Edge into the Long Island Sound. I remember that show. I was at that show. And oh, my shit. dad, who had went to go get coffee, came back and remember I was a little kid and convinced yeah. me that he had been outside to see John throw <laughs> Edge into the Long Island Sound. Oh, that's hilarious. That was like Nassau, Nassau Coliseum. I think that was Nassau Coliseum. I could be wrong. It could be, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, and then he was. I I bought tickets for us to all in. Um, like I, I was able to get in, like in that shit show of trying to buy tickets. Like I actually got in and got really nice seats, and I bought two for my dad and I. Um, was it yeah. me and you who realized we was no? I think it was me and Joel. But we me and Joel that we like, were all there. Not that we was all there. Me and Joel was in the same section. We just didn't know. Oh, that's crazy. I was so because were you on the floor or were you up higher? I was I was up straight across from the entrance ramp, which is my favorite seats. If we're I just want to throw that so out there too while we're on the, the like, Those are the best seats you can have in wrestling. We was all in the same area, just different levels. So yeah. I was in row two from the ring. So okay. facing the ring. And then Joel was like a couple rows behind that. And then you would probably just be like maybe like a row or a section uh, like the. Section I think I was behind. a section up because I remember walking right. down to say what's up to Joel. Right, so I was three four rolls ahead of jo- Joel. Interesting. Oh, that's cool. And How I didn't even anybody see over your head though. I don't know. You tell me. You watch the show, you little asshole. <laughs> um, and you yes, don't know people. That, there's a the joke one. about me being a giant. <laughs> the joke about me. What was I going to say about All In with but my dad? We were I, talking about... Probably, but like, how would he... I think before you tell me your dad was there at the show and he was like, I get it, or something like that. Like, he Yeah, kinda... that was one. That was, yeah, he said, I get it. Like, 
Scorpio Sky really impressed him. Mm-hmm. Um, Okada really impressed him because I think Okada was a little later in the night and he said, yes. like, my dad's just going to keep it a buck with me always. And like after Scorpio, a uh, few matches and he's like, it's getting monotonous now. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of repeating. And then Okada came on and he immediately like clicked back in. Yeah. He's like, I could see how this guy is separate. He, well, first he's like, who is this? Is this guy a big deal? Mm-hmm. And I said, he's a very, very big deal. Very, very big deal. Um, And he's like, I can see him separately from everybody else. Like I can see him in a different class. Of course he asked like, why isn't he in WWE? I mean, of course. Yeah, but like he, you know, he's trying. Yeah. Um, he, 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 you know, he, he didn't know. He did. It was Scorpio Sky. It was Okada, and you know, he also really, really loved the Stephen Armell versus um, Christopher Daniels match. Okay. He got into. He really like. I don't know. I think because it was a, such a classic sports story. Yeah. Like, that he could get into it. Like my dad, like actually broke it down afterwards. He goes, that was a story of too much experience winning out against a more athletic opponent. That Um, is true in regards to that match. That's very true. Like he broke it down in a really logical way, in a really cool way. Um, Anyways, we were going to talk about that last week at the show. I mean, last week on last week's show, but my dad quite didn't, didn't quite make it on. He was drinking his morning coffee. (laughs) Um, I'm with Emmy six feet with the dumpy in my Japanese hostels drinking right. sake. And if you ever, this is just a little tip, a good move. If you're just trying to hang out and talk to a girl, enjoy your time. Um, a book or like a magazine, something that you can look at together and, right. you, can, and you can look at and be like shoulder to shoulder with, and you mm-hmm. create like some form of intimacy is always nice. Like it's. It, yeah. It's just a very cool way to get to know somebody. See if you're all on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's let's see what I did there. It's a double entendre because we're yeah. on the same page with the program. Exactly. <laughs> 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 and we're like paging through it together. I'm telling her about wrestling and how I like the show. We exchange uh, information. I got her WhatsApp because you know she's on foreign line or whatever the fuck. I also would figure um, you're, you're in Japan. You're pretty much talking to people through WhatsApp if you meet them out there. Yeah. You know, I would figure that and I remember one guy who wasn't staying at the hostel. He was actually like a businessman. Mm-hmm. Just started freaking out when he, he found out I had been to uh, Wrestle Kingdom that night. Like he thought it was the coolest shit ever. Uh, I just like kept asking me about matches mm-hmm. and like got my Instagram so he could keep in touch. And like we're speaking through this like translation app. Right. And like our excitement trans uh transcends it? transcends any language barrier. Right. Like you can always talk wrestling. Yes. In any language. Absolutely. Um and the next day, me and my friend are out. She texts me and we end up meeting up in this area called the Golden Guy in Japan in Tokyo, where okay. it's like I want to say it's like six to it's like a six by six blocks of just bars, yeah. all like the size of my apartment here, my, my little studio basement apartment. Um, wait, six bars? 
No, six blocks. Six oh. by six blocks. Oh, I thought you said six bars. No, continue. No, no, no. <laughs> six by six blocks, all the size of my studio apartment. Oh, okay. That's cool. And like, you know, they've taken, they flipped it. They're like, instead of taking 200 people and putting them into two bars, yeah, we're going to build 200 bars and put six people in each of them, which I love. That's like, I, cool. one of them that we went to um, was, and you know, locals drink there too, which was really cool. Uh, like, I'm just a total tourist thing, which because like if you have an intimate environment, locals are going to want to come and hang out. So one bar I yeah. went to, it was we were the only tourists. Everybody else in there was from Tokyo, right? including the bartender. We could smoke inside. They're playing incredible music. You can hear the but you could still hear each other talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were buying. They wanted us to try each of the sakes that they had because they're like, we want to see what you think. And like, so we're hammered <laughs> like me, my friend emmy six feet with the dumpy are just chugging sake and golden and green tea shots because they want us to try like the japanese drinks yeah <laughs> my friend Sa- sake will already do it green tea yeah. shots on top of sake sounds like i'm i am fucked up my friend who doesn't really like party or drink he's mm-hmm. much more grounded than i said like this is by far the most I've ever drank in my life. <laughs> like we were obliterated. <laughs> and we're just talking and laughing and having a good time. Eventually my friend goes home because he's he's like I've I've been overserved. <laughs> he's like I'm wasted. I, yeah, I, I, I called him an Uber, I put him in there. We go to the next bar. Um, now I meet a dude, I say that I'm a skier from Colorado and he starts playing his music for me, which there's no sentence that scares me more in the, that in any language, than let me play my song for you. And he puts on this song that's fucking <laughs> incredible. Oh, really? So if yeah. You, okay. okay. Like, I, like from the moment it came on, I was like, holy shit, this is actually really good. It, it it basically it it like nullified your like your fears like it null and voided it basically right and uh, the song is called Soul Rider I want to give him a plug actually mm-hmm. and he so he actually went a, in college he went to CU Boulder which is okay. just an hour and a half from me it's right oh. next to Denver yeah Boulder um, Colorado right yeah like, exactly they have the, yeah okay yeah I know Deion Sanders uh, that's Obama's. the only reason. Yeah, that's the only reason why I know Deion Sanders. <laughs> Which is actually pretty cool. I, that's, why I, <laughs> that's why I like Dion being here. Yeah. Um, and he plays a song called Soul Rider. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and it was about the skiers in Colorado that he mm. met who like were dedicating their lives to the pursuit of adrenaline. Right. And he just kept looking at me and going, That's you. You're a soul rider. You're the soul rider. <laughs> And now I'm like, I have to get that tattooed on me. Yeah, you kind of have to. It, it does, It's like um, the ultimate connection to your, you know, another part to your Japan trip is just like Soul right. Rider. Like, I think I would like to get, either I would get Kagura, where I skied and nearly died in an avalanche, um, tattooed on me with Soul Rider underneath, or I'll get the Tokyo Dome. Um and mm. like the crowd and Naito standing on the uh, turnbuckle and then Soul Rider next to that. I would want to get it associated with something else. Right. We have a few drinks there. 
Um, and then Emmy Six Feet with the dumpy leans over to me and goes, Well, Soul Rider, you ready to go back? In a Norwegian accent, which I will not try to replicate it because I yeah, want it to be pure in my yeah. mind of how sexy it was. I don't want to pollute it with my own failed attempts. Good, good, good thing you know yourself, Jack, because I was about to say, let's not even try. Let's not even try. <laughs> so, all right. So the song is Soul Rider from called Blue, from uh, the artist is Blues No More. Is the Blues artist. No More. Okay. Check him out on Spotify. He's really, really, really good. Makes really, really interesting music. Um, we go back to the hostel. It's like, and these bars are open all night. Like we get back, it's like 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m. And the bars are still open? Shit. Bars are still open. People are still walking around. Damn. Okay. We get back. We get into the backyard of our hostel, which was like this beautiful uh, yard space that you you know wouldn't expect to find in any urban area especially right. with how clustered Tokyo is where i've been by the way um i don't know if you guys have been but i have been oh to brother. Tokyo. continue the story continue the story we start hooking up in the back we have we share a cigarette we start hooking up in the backyard um and then they're like oh wait that's right we have nowhere to go and there's a moment um, for me. It's been several moments in a young person's life when you're just like, all right, how dirty are you really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all can talk yeah. a lot of shit, but like, are you willing to go the distance? Um, and so we this go into true. the bathroom stall of the hostel. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> And we do our business in there. Right. And then we walk back out um, to, to have another cigarette. And then we start uh, getting hot and heavy in just the backyard of Again, the hostel. So you just wash, yeah. rinse, repeat. So we just wash, rinse, repeat. And this was like, yeah, oh, well, like we didn't anticipate it, but sometimes these things happen. I mean, we don't go yeah. all the way, but. Um, Services are being provided on both ends. And um, and they're like, she's like, this is really hot. And I'm like, I know. And she's like, let's go again. And this was the first time I've actually gone like back into the bathroom. Where it's like, <laughs> where I've hooked up in the bathroom and then like came out, got my affairs in order, and then <laughs> returned to the bathroom. I'm just... Because this has got to be a private bathroom stall, right? It's not like multiple stalls in there. Is it? <laughs> uh, it was. It was a. It was. It was the common area bathroom for everybody oh in the hostel. God. So, let me get this straight. Okay. Because in my mind, all I see is a six foot tall woman in a hostel bathroom. <laughs> they just had sex with a six feet no more Norwegian woman in a Japanese hostel, which. I'm not saying height bias, but I don't think there's many six foot tall women walking around Japan. Oh no, it was so. like walking around <laughs> like with a celebrity. Like there was just like Japanese people staring at her, like and men just like 
fawning over her because it's like they've never seen like they were like i don't even know you could build these this way <laughs> so i'm just imagining being somebody like i'm just going into the common area the common area bathroom i just want to just pee real quick to just open the door <laughs> see this six foot woman who might be taller than the stall wall just <laughs> Well, it was it was you know in the wee hours of dawn, like so nobody was awake. Okay, uh, that, could that they makes... have been? It's possible. <laughs> Did you care? Not at all. I was busy. <laughs> uh, the the stall had a fully closed door, so okay. There's that with the um, sides fully down. Yeah, it was a okay. full enclosed stall. Oh, what that's okay. Worth. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we went for a second round and we went our separate ways. And I climb into my top bunk at the hostel when I look at my phone. 530. <laughs> I have to check out and get on a train in three hours. <laughs> you did not go to sleep. I went. No, I went to sleep. I went to sleep. <laughs> We, me and my friend, we both had plans to like do shit that morning because it was gonna be our last morning together. God damn. Um, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. We both slept until the exact moment we had to check out. Damn. Um, grabbed some breakfast with her, and like he doesn't know, right. so like he's like, "Oh, uh, Emmy six feet with the dumpy." He didn't say that, but Emmy six feet with the dumpy is gonna come grab breakfast with us. Uh, is that cool? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, we hung out a bit last night. She's a cool girl. He doesn't know what you've done. No, he has no idea. <laughs> has no clue. He just asked me, what time did you go to sleep last night? And I share. And he's like, good for you. Um, and then I went up to Gagora to <laughs> ski and almost lose my life and right. fall in love with uh, one of the hostel workers. And she you went back to South Korea. And uh, we we were we were actually texting on WhatsApp uh, yesterday, so she's a good girl. Yeah. Um, and with that, wrestling with romance. Yes, welcome back to another episode of wrestling with romance. Be back with the energy. Where you can only get stories like that from the great Jack Simon himself. I'm your lovely. This a good one because there was wrestling involved in it. And that's why it's perfect. It was a perfect start off to the show. We got a lot of wrestling talk in there. Jack told you basically how his life is a nonstop adventure movie that just continues to evolve. And we... If, if I'm not falling in love or escaping death, I'm bored. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, and, that, like some, and I've been thinking about it lately because I got the closest to the graveyard that I've ever been in Kagura, which it's a whole long story we're not going to share. Deem knows no. it. Yeah. I got caught in a in a tree well and got buried like shoulder deep with snow. Um, and and you know, and it got me thinking. And it's, it's the toughest part is the withdrawals because like you you can't always do that. There has to be no. a time where you need to rest. Um, yeah, yeah. And I and also and it makes me think of Moxley because like, mm. you know he talks about he's like you know I can't move until the afternoon and like I'm in agonizing pain every day and then like you watch him stick skewers in his forehead or darby you know who goes out on a random rampage 
and does just bonkers spots. Um, Darby, like going into steel chairs and steel steps. It's been only three weeks. Has it been only three weeks in January? I want to say it's only been three weeks in January. And Darby has put his body through some of the most grotesque shit. The, some the, of the hardest spots I've ever seen. The rolling, the German rolling German down the ramp, a flat back German suplex spot off of the top rope, being thrown across the ring, spinning in his neck, hitting the damn cable, and then suicide diving into a chair on a rampage with Jeff Hardy. That man still is talking about climbing Mount Everest in April. And what the fuck? <laughs> I'll give you the answer to like what the fuck is because I can, I can relate. I think they're more extreme than I am, um, but I can relate enough to the withdrawals are worse than the pain that you feel right. because the withdrawals for. I apologize for the haughtiness, but like for people like us mm-hmm. who are into that sort of life of like sitting around. Um, is is just dark like we feel bad about ourselves so we would rather deal with the pain uh from the rush than not have the rush at all we don't know any other way to live like it's not like we wake up and choose these things we wake up and we've already put ourselves in the position to live this life because we wouldn't understand living one any other way I feel like that's me creatively in a different way. Like as an artist, yeah. like if I can't paint or if I feel stuck, like I am a horrible person to be around. But also, like, like I guess the gym is that for me. Like the ability to push a weight I've never been able to push before is just like I feel like I'm on top of the fucking world. Except I have to behave because I'm in a commercial gym and I don't want to be <laughs> that's recorded. Yeah, but yeah. Joy. Oh, I've broken down into the equation of joy is the is existence minus the acknowledgement of time. And Ooh. however you find that presence, like uh, of the pre- of being present, mm. you need to do um, at the sacrifice of almost everything else. That's a bar, Jack. That's a bar. <laughs> Spitting bars. On bars. <laughs> I mean, speaking okay. of people getting the shit being out of them, Hook versus Samoa Joe, Ooh. which is everything I've been waiting for. Ooh. Like, with, it when it comes to Hook, I, was, it yeah. my- <laughs> I can see the vision now of, of, like, I still think they neglected Hook for too long. Um, but I can also see the vision of, all right, we're going to keep him on ice and let him learn and learn and learn and learn. Yes. So when he does get that moment, we're going to not only give him a moment, we're going to give him a main event against a brand new champion who is a legend in Samoa Joe. Let me tell you, I've watched the match at least three times. I've watched the entrances. I've watched it twice. I've watched watched the entrances maybe four to five times, right? So the the new back signal for Hook is such a nice touch. Nice touch. So the thing I love about this, right? I I feel like this this match did so much for everybody, everything involved. I feel like yeah. it got Hook so much over. Yep. I feel like Samoa Joe feels like the fucking final boss of AEW, and that title now feels like, oh, you have to kill a killer 
Like, you have to be yeah. a killer to kill a killer to get the belt off of him. Like, you can't just be someone where it's just like, oh, we really like him. It's like, no, you have to be dominant to get the belt off of Samoa Joe. And then it's the way they even set up Hangman and Swerve at the end. Right, and, and if it ends up being a triple threat, which kind Ooh. of an aside if just, if it ends up if you end up doing a triple threat right after putting the rankings back in i think that's a little bit of a weird move but that's i think that's an argument for a whole different show if if it ends up getting there anyways i would prefer if they do a hangman swerve number one contendership match i can see that and that'd be the first time hangman gets a win yeah um but also they've done that that's a lot for swerve's number one fan to be like that's where hangman should get his win because here's why I'll explain two things. One, they've done the triple threat before because they did Pac and OC. Yeah, they had very the they had tied records basically going in against Kenny. Right. Yeah. So, no, but that made sense with that the sense. context of the rankings and the rankings had were already so well established at that point. Right. Now, I love the fact that I feel like they kind of told us basically since the year started that the rankings are coming back. Like Samoa Joe saying you have to submit your rec- your record to the commit to the committee before you come face me. No one just comes and challenge. Hook being someone who only had one loss in AEW period, being someone and they talked about his record. They let us know. I think you do have a number one contenders match. I think personally. You let Hangman have the match of Revolution because I think Hangman can take the loss. You don't have Swerve go first That's because, honestly, I think when Swerve has the match, Swerve has to win. I think you're totally right. I think you're and, 100% right. Uh, and I'm, and as big of a Swerve fan that you are, I'm just as big of a Hangman fan. I and love I, I think I Hangman can take this loss and go on to have a very interesting storyline. Mm-hmm. And still be at the top of the card. He doesn't. He doesn't need this championship right now. Yes. I, and I, I think also talk, at a near point in the future, and I'll let you ride after this. No, excuse me. Well, no, at fine. a near point in the future, and uh, maybe not near point in the next two to three years, mm-hmm. I think Hangman will have the chip again. I think oh, he yeah. should have the chip again. Um, but right now, is it, he's not what they're clamoring for. It's Swerve. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think Hangman is bubbling again. I think you have the Hangman bubble. And I love this new kind of, I would say, feel with Hangman. The fucking fucking Magnum T.I., like the Magnum fucking mustache he got going on, (laughs) the feel he has. He just feels different, and I love the energy with him. I think the thing is with Hangman, you can have him barely beat Swerve, where they both like have like a banger on TV, but he just squeezes out with like a roll-up. Not like a definitive knocks out Swerve, but a roll-up where he can get it and Swerve be like, you barely beat me. I definitively beat you twice. I choked you out and I got you down with my finisher. One, two, three. And I think you can still keep Swerve hot going in and Swerve then has the right to say, at double or nothing, which we all know double or nothing is a very special pay-per-view for AEW. Yes, that is where your crowning swerve. And Are they I think in Vegas again? I think so. I think I heard MGM Grand this time though. It's always been at- oh no, oh, yeah. it was T-Mobile. It was T-Mobile like the last two. Keep keep 
Keep talking. Yeah, but I would. I think that's it. If you do the triple threat, I do think you can do it, and I think Hangman still has to take the pin. Because either way, Swerve has to be like I've never been pinned by Joe, and Swerve could also be like the two times I've been close to the championship belt here, I've never been pinned from the Continental Classic, and then from the AEW title match. He could always be like straight up one on one. Y'all can't beat me. So I think that's great. It becomes a very tough thing of like, how do you one up their last match though? (sighs) That's like you keep it just a straight singles match. That's why I'm like, I feel like they should do the triple threat because I feel like when we do Swerve Hangman, it should have the title on it. When we do Swerve Hangman three, it should have the AEW title. Yeah, and and it should be. I mean. Would you go two out of three? Would you go Iron Man? I think a Swerve Hangman two out of three falls match sounds fucking nuts. Or, yeah, or, or, and then an Iron Man. Or something we ain't never done in AEW. Get me out. Brilliant. Okay. Give me a three stages of hell. Give me a, a give me a three stages I, yeah, of hell. That's, I with, think that's the right move. With Hangman Swerve, because you've already established with a Texas death that they will damn near kill each other. Mm hmm. If you give me, like, if you give me a cage match, you give me a like a ladder match, or like something. I don't know. If you want to make the last one a ladder match, a cage, I don't know what you want to do. Somebody else can book it. But a three stages of hell type of match because these dudes have already taken each other to the limit. Yeah, that, that would be the best booking, the correct booking. Yeah. Um, but that's why I think a triple threat makes sense. Because right now they're both two in a, they both have matches on dynamite. So yeah, and you're gonna have to have a number one contendership if it's not a triple threat, right? Which I, I can still see being a triple threat from logic standpoint because yes. you're you've established the mode. You have to kill the killer, and nobody can, so they have to put him in the ring with three with two other guys. Exactly, and I'm not gonna lie, I thought he killed Hook like three times on fucking Wednesday. Like I thought, when that urinagi on the, the edge, spinning urinagi, bro. First of all, the spinning urinagi, and then him walking around the ring just like yeah. it was one of those matches where everything is just in the right place. Like every, every the sense of timing mm-hmm. and the sense of presentation is yes. just in the right. Like you have Taz on commentary. Perfect. You have the spinning Uranagi where he misses it, but also hits it just right. You yes. have Joe emerging as a heel, as a solid heel, rather than yes. kind of the tweener. You have the crowd going from in Joe's corner to, oh yeah, we remember why we loved Hook from the beginning. The funny thing is, Joe's been a heel. Since Grand Slam. It's just the fact we fucking love him. If, if you really think about it, he was a heel versus MJF in New York. He was a heel the whole well, that time. Was, that was different because everybody's going to be a heel against MJF in New York. But also, like, even on ROH TV, he was a heel. He was a His heel. promo in just last week. Yeah. like Or not, I guess not last week. The week before that. Homecoming. Was, was a face promo. You like, may uh, think it. 
But if you really listen to Joe, he's really, he's really calling out everybody. He's like, none of your bitch ass comments, none of your hoe ass. But, comments. I, but that's a face. Com- that's that's. But he still did it with the delivery of a baby face. But that's who Joe is. Like, I don't fair. know. Fair. I mean, fair, but still, like, there's also a very solid heel Joe, and there's tweener Joe. And like yeah. that was delivered as tweener Joe. And then he wrestled that match as heel Joe. And of course there's the whole Cody Rhodes of like, there's no such thing as face and heel anymore. It, it all happens in context. You have to react to the crowd that you're in because now it's not just every region is different. It's every crowd is different. But the thing about Joe, and I'm not sure, you know, this is just me shooting it. I'm not sure how much you are familiar with Joe before NXT. Uh, I've watched some of his ring of honor matches. So, I've been a Joe fan for a long time, like early, like X division undefeated streak. Like this was the Joe, this Joe he had. Uh, when was the the X division champion? Like what? what oh, way before Kurt Angle, a year before Kurt Angle. He had no. he was, what uh, year? Like we have. Oh damn it! I can't call it mid two thousands. It's early mid two thousand, like two thousand five, maybe two thousand six. Okay. I want to say. I just want to remind you, I was nine. Yes, that's why I'm that's why I'm breaking it down now. So the thing is, in even NXT, they did not present Joe how Joe needed to be presented. This Joe was the Joe that was on TNA on our early ROH. This Joe that we saw with Hook, this is the Joe people have been wanting to see. This is the I'm just gonna kill you. Like I'm just gonna beat you the fuck up, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I will say this in, in AEW. Joe has been presented like Joe since the minute he's walked in there. He's not been presented as like, oh, some brawling big man. No, he's pres- that's Samoa Joe. Yeah, that's fucking Samoa Joe, and, and that benefited even in this match because you then have to look at him and be like, one. I thought I just wanted him to hold the belt to Revolution. Now I'm like, nah, I kind of need him to have some TV, more TV matches. No, I, like I mean, I'm fine with him. You know, I would like to see him wrestle a few more championship matches just yeah. to have it on his brain. But he doesn't need to hold the past Revolution. If we like have our first transitional AEW world champion. Um, and I still want Prestige to be held on the belt, which means you're going to have to have him pick up some wins. I think Hook was a perfect first opponent. Um, I don't know off the top of my dome who to put him in next. Wardlow. Um, but you let – no, because you can't kill Wardlow's aura this quickly. I mean, Wardlow is supposed to be the person that's coming from Undisputed Kingdom to go after their belt. So eventually we got to do Wardlow Joe. I guess. I mean, I could see uh, a Wardlow Roderick Strong. Um, so this is why I say double or nothing. Because that's in May. He would still yeah. be a shorter title reign. And it would also be like, it would, it would be like a shorter reign for AEW. Because AEW do really would you reigns. Would you put like that number one contendership match of Swerve Hangman at Revolution? You can go that route, and you just you keep um, you keep Swerve and Hangman occupied with each other mm. because you're getting into you know if you know Swerve said one of my inspirations is the Joker, and he and if you know every Batman needs a Joker, every Joker needs a Batman, of course, and they can they still have more juice to squeeze out of this orange. Yeah, like there's still more here for them to explore. Oh, uh, there, 
they're perfect for each other. Yeah. And so you you want this third match to wrap up their program together because you're going to have to, after that, you're going to have to keep them away from each other and you want to get as much out of it as you can. And I'm not saying you throw that fucking rematch on TV every week, like, no. you know, mid 2010s WWE, but you still, you stretch this out. You give them one more pay-per-view match. They have their big blowout. You, they have their number one contendership match at uh, Revolution. The winner goes on to face Joe at Double or Nothing. So who faces Joe at Revolution? I, I could see Wardlow. Uh, now that you mentioned it, like, and at least he takes the loss on pay per view, so it means a little bit more. I can see that. I have no problem with that. I think that's good. My issue is you can't do a basic swerve hangman one-on-one basic match we to solve this last match but it's not a one-on-one basic match it's a number one contendership match yeah but i mean but still it's not you i understand like i get what you're saying and and i agree with you i I, like i get what you're saying i i think you're right i i someone i think there's good enough wrestling that they can have because you go i I like the idea of so you first you have a regular Mm one-on-one then you have a special rules match and then you have a like a stipulation consequences match. So there is still a logical order of things because what's even like more important, what's even graver stakes than a Texas death match, the championship. Okay. So that's their third match blowout. I can see that. I would be down for that because to me, you do need that swerve. You need that Swerve Joe match. Like, I think Swerve Joe in Las Vegas, double or nothing, main eventing the pay-per-view. And also, low-key, it might be me. I don't know if I'm the only person here. I think Sting should main event Revolution. If it's his last match. I agree. I agree. So, I do think that's why you probably shouldn't put Swerve in the title picture for Revolution just yet. Because I feel like when he gets crowned... That should be like the crescendo of the night. I, I have a lot of thoughts on, on Sting's final match, which we should get to in a different show because I still yeah. want to talk about Hook. Um, I think it should be Sting versus Darby. I know he really doesn't want to do a singles match. Yeah. But I think you can do a very interesting face first face passing the torch match where everybody knows who's going to win and that's okay. And it's Sting's only loss in AEW. Yeah. And one of the greatest legends of all time goes out on his back, giving it to a young guy, exactly how pro wrestling legends are supposed to do it. But how, what do you yeah. think happens next with Hook? So that's the interesting part, right? I low key. Because AEW is great at creating these moments, they're yeah. very poor at following up on them. I have an idea. I just don't know if it should, if it will happen. Give me the idea. Give me the idea of what you want to see happen. I know the next Adam Copeland open thing is Minoru Suzuki, which is, if you told me this three years ago, I would have said you smoking. That, I would have thought you smoking crack. I would have been like, Adam Copeland and Minoru Suzuki is never going to fight. And now he did, now that we see that, I'm like, that's fucking wild. But like again, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is awesome in a vacuum. But like, what are you gonna do next? Because you can't like you like Suzuki's not gonna be around. No, but I would have. Of course, Adam's gonna win. I would have Adam win. I think it's gonna be a brutal match. I love it. But um, 
he's the next person to answer that challenge is Hook. And I think Hook should actually choke out Adam Cole. That would be really good. And Hook takes his opportunity at the TNT title. I think Hook should beat Christian. I mean, I think he should retire the FTW belt. Yes. Because it's becoming a bit of an albatross. It served a purpose for a while. Yeah. Um, it's different than when it met in ECW. And oh, now well, yeah, of course. It was always going to. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's become a bit of an albatross rather mm-hmm. than a, a benefit. Like, it's cool to see him walk yeah. around with a title. Um, and like somebody once asked me, like, why? What does that title mean? And I said, it means he's cool. Like, that's <laughs> it. That's all that title means. But like. The thing with being cool is that it's a very finite uh, fuel. Like, eventually, like, people stop. I mean, it's a trend. It's fast. Yeah. And the moment it stops being cool, you go ice cold. You, yeah. You, you're, you're, it, it's not like, I mean, I think it's even different than being, like, you know, a white meat baby face. Because that simmers out. Yeah. You, you um, get to a point where that can you get out of that white hot space. It's and every awesome. like cool wrestler who hasn't adapted uh, right now. Most what's on my mind is NWO WCW where yeah. like that was the first time fans just started cheering for the coolest wrestler mm-hmm. rather than babyface heel. Yeah. Um, and that shit died spectacularly because you because they didn't adapt and there's only so long you can be cool in the same way. The coolest thing you can do is find new ways to be cool. Like yeah. having a bat signal on top of the arena. Well, that's why I would say, because the, the FTW championship in ECW meant you was the uncrowned champion. That was what the FTW meant. So, because it's like, fuck the world champion. That's what, that's what FTW was supposed to mean. But now yeah. it's like, okay, I think if he was to be like, I need this, and like he just puts the TNT belt in the FTW colors, would Ooh, be the coolest shit. That's of him. good shit. And you could have him versus Nick Wayne, him versus Luchasaurus leading up to the match. Then he have him and Christian at Revolution, and you have enough time where this can happen. I also like this idea. I I also could see him where he just walks out one day before a match and just like gives his dad the belt. Yes. Like maybe in the run up to a TNT title reign, and he's just yes. like hands that belt, and like you know, gives the hook nod and moves on. Um, like it served his purpose, pops. Yeah, exactly. And that that'd be a cool thing to do. And I then think he that should be TNT belt title in FTW colors. Um, mm-hmm. I also really like. I want them to keep going with like hook. Hook's closest wrestling comparison right now is Goldberg, in my opinion. Where you don't really want to hear him talk. You don't want to see too much of him. You don't want to see him exposed. Yeah. He he exists best within the world that he has created for himself. And that includes up to sub 10 minute matches. I'm fine if Hook never wrestles like a 30 minute like classics. Like, go. I will say, even though you're not, I, I agree. I love his little vignettes. Like, oh, me too. The St. Mark's eating the pizza, like, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm maybe I'm getting some calories, but who the fuck am I anyway? Like, I was just like, I love this energy. I feel like yep. there's something that needs to be tapped in there. 
Well, that's the thing. It's like I wouldn't give him a mic in the middle of the ring, and no. I wouldn't even interview him backstage. Like no. just vignettes, and with yes. that like hook at the end of it. I have so I have an ex who I converted into a pro wrestling fan, and who also was converted into a pro wrestling fan because of Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. Which every like every girl I've ever shown, whether friend or um, sexual interest that I've ever shown AEW to, has like fallen madly for Darby Allen. Um, which maybe speaks to the type of girl that I attract, but like one of them just looked and was like, "I just want to fix him," and I was like, "I don't, I don't like that in so many ways." <laughs> uh, Boy, Jack, where have I heard those words before? <laughs> Something similar. But also, and she fell, she lives in New York City. Well, she lived Mm -hmm. in New York City, and when she was living in New York City, she had St. So he genuinely lives on St. Mark's because she used to see him there all the time. And she even started hanging out on St. Mark's so that she could bump into him. (laughs) That's fucking awesome. But that's the thing. Hook feels like, like, also another authentic. He feels so authentic. Like, the one thing I'm loving a lot, especially these last few weeks, the young talent is getting pushed. Like, yeah. the young talent is being focused on getting pushed against Spotify. It feels like they're hitting the reset button that everybody said they needed to do. And they did it, and I'm, and we're loving it. And we're like, yeah. yes. Oh, man. Speaking and of... This is what? Reset. I'm thinking... You said reset button. Oh, and I'm NJ like... W? Uh, Listen, what what makes me hopeful for New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, and I'm a big fan of them since I went to their show, went to mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom in Tokyo Dome. You know, I'm going to have a counter one day. At the <laughs> That's good. What just... are my YouTube shorts just be yeah. how many times? How many I, times Jack I say I've been to Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom in Japan and Tokyo Dome. Like how much <laughs> New Japan references pops up in the episode? Um, they, what makes me hopeful is they have a lot of great young talent. Um, they do. And fans like love Shoto. Like yes. love, love Shoto more than I think we even realize. Fans like, love he, I don't know if everybody else do. Everybody else. Talking about Naito? Yeah. I'm actually, yeah, Naito had some comments recently, actually, about Shota. And it was just like, ooh, okay. I'm like, I'm hoping that you just, you just working here, bud? Uh, I think he's just working. Well, say say the comment. So, Naito said, Shota has too much of that Tanahashi smell on him. Almost to the point, he feels like he's ripping him off. He's steadily getting more eyes on him, but eventually I think he's going to hit a brick wall. There's a lot too much of him that's taken from somewhere else. <laughs> like, but, but like, uh, I think he's working. because I, I don't think Nida would come out there and talk shit on like a burgeoning new star. For no reason. That's fair. But also, Naito... Like, it also Naito fits with get... Naito's character a yeah. little too neatly of... I... Of fuck Tanahashi, fuck Okada, fuck anybody yeah. in the establishment, and fuck this dude who's clearly, like, 
been anointed as the next one. Yeah, it's like as the next version of that. It's funny because the funny thing is, uh, you know, give people another little speak, uh, like spark behind our scene, the scenes of us. Like in our group chat, we actually had a friend who said, "When I look at shoot, I do kind of think of Tanahashi." So it, when he says it, it's not like it's something that's never been said before, but it is a thing where it's just like, hmm. Well, if other people feel or think that way, but I'm just like, I kind of doubt it. I don't know. I think... Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's just working. I, I, I think this is him actually elevating him. Mm-hmm. Like, the best thing Naito can do as champion is call out dudes who he feels are establishment. Because that's yeah. always been his gimmick. Yes. That's always been his run. And yeah. fans, like, just the fact that Shota... And I'm usually not like this, where it's like, if they're in proximity to each other, it's a push or it's a mm-hmm. rub. Because there's so many cases of this not being true. But I think in this particular one, his, his, Shota's name being in, his, being in Naito's mouth is a huge benefit to Shota. Yeah. And also knowing how much Japanese fans already love Shota, I don't think mm-hmm. Naito is gonna take a chip away at that. I think it's yeah. more of like, oh, if Naito <laughs> says like he's establishment, then he must really be establishment because he doesn't. Because he, as much as they loved him, he didn't have that feel of being a mainstream guy yet. But if yeah. Naito says, "I hate you because you're establishment." your establishment and now we have another established star at a time where three have left in the past six months i also take it as because i will say this and i don't think this is hyperbole to say new japan missed a very fucking opportune thing this year uh last year i'm saying 2023 the fact that okada's leaving and you did not get a match with him and shooter you did not get a match with him and gabe kid you didn't get a match with him and um ren narita ren narita to Tsuji, I think that's his name. Tsuji, I might have said it wrong, but the fact you didn't get Okada versus any of these young dudes to try and solidify them on the offshoot possibility, Okada may fucking leave. I mean, I think yeah, it was just arrogance. It, it was, was just arrogance of like, there's no way he's gonna leave. And then now you're kind of caught with your pants down because you have Osprey and Okada gone, and Switchblade. And Switchblade. And like, I know that happened a while ago. Technically. Still, that was a huge loss. No, if you really think about it, it hasn't even been... Switchblade hasn't even been gone a full year. He debuted in AEW in April. Ooh, wow. Switchblade hasn't even like been that. in AEW a full year. I was there at his... When he debuted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's... So, because him and Eddie had the mar- the match in like February, March. Because remember, people thought he was going to possibly show up night after Mania. Because mm-hmm. he had the match in like February, March. Loser leaves. New- Loser can never go back to New Japan. And that was in February, March. No, it was in Battle of the Valley last year, last January. Because that was on the same card that Monet had her first match. Yeah, and you know, and New Japan could have had great programs with at least one of these dudes. And set them up as the future, but they didn't. I don't think they want to. One, I don't think they want to piss Okada off by making him lose, and two, they didn't want to chip away at his aura because it's like it's kind of like the the NFL quarterback meme of like you know fuck it Tyreek Hill down there somewhere, 
New I Japan mean, had like, fuck it, Okada's there, throw the chip on him. But I will say this, Shooter had a match with Will Ospreay this year where Shooter got over in defeat. He was over in defeating the match with him and Osprey that led to the triple threat with him, uh, Moxley, and Finley. Besides the <laughs> night, though, Shota had the biggest pop of the night. When he came out on that motorcycle, that I crowd went bonkers. But think about it. You can still get over in defeat. It's just how you present these people. But you can't. Here's the thing. Shota needs some seasoning. He does. Uh, you could even see it in the match. But I think that's also why fans love him right now is because yeah. they see the potential. Uh, and sometimes the potential is more tantalizing than the reality. So yeah. you're going to have to look at it like it's going to be another year before you can strap that belt on him. And I think New Japan needs to go back to what made them so hot in the late 2010s is one simply just incredible matches that are yes. presented simply like i think once they once kenta sat sat on naito's chest they lost their way because it it neglected the traditional appeal and like match before everything appeal yes. of new japan pro wrestling and it was and, naito's moment he didn't even fully get to enjoy his fucking moment right which is what made this one so special as well and mm-hmm. you can really fit when when um when evil was like cast aside after yeah. Naito won and like, you know, they beat him back and mm-hmm. Sonata beat them back and Naito got to stay in the crowd alone. You, you actually, f- you felt the crowd breathe a sigh of relief. Like finally, this is the moment. Waiting for. Right. But anyways, um, so I've been to now to two new Japan shows in person. Um, I went to the one in Madison square garden mm-hmm. on that WrestleMania weekend. Yes. Um, that are we supercar? Exactly. Um, and I went to Wrestle Kingdom in Tokyo uh, in just a few weeks ago at the Tokyo Dome. I don't yeah. know if I've mentioned that. And We're like seven. We're like seven to eight references. I'll never forget the video montage and the presentation of the New Japan World Championship that they did mm. at Madison Square Garden. Right. And the fact that they do that before, well, they used to do it before every one of those matches. And you could it was the first time, not the first time. It was the weightiest I ever felt a championship being. It felt prestigious. It, it was the most prestigious I've ever felt a championship being. Right. And they've really gotten away from that. Like, they don't do that presentation. Yeah. There's nothing before that world championship match. And I get yeah. it, it's a whole new title, kind of. But, like, still to have something to really hype up, like, this is the most important title in wrestling. Like, even if you're not a new Japan fan, mm-hmm. look at all of these names that have won it. And I don't think like, I think you can continue the lineage. Yeah. Like, I mean, now it's too late. Cause they've cut. Well, no, I think you could bring the video. You could still, yeah. And just watching every champion come on the board and legendary name after legendary name. And you see yeah. how long these title reigns have been. And you you can feel it. It gives you it gave me goosebumps like when I saw that. And I think if New Japan can return to that feeling of goosebump inducing yeah. prestige, they're gonna be all right because they do have the stars to replace them. They just don't have the stars right now. Like I no. mentioned this last week, 
Renarita, Renarita, um, and excuse me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, um, and Shoto are so perfectly made for each other in every way. Yes. Presentation, character, wrestling. Their styles are perfectly clashed with one another. And you have the benefit of like they came from the same class at the dojo in the Jap, not the, and they have that the, you can build a company on them for the next decade. Yeah. But that decade is going to start in a couple of years. Yes. But also, and you have to, <clears throat> I think you also need to keep them away from each other until one of them gets the belt because yeah. we've had a lot of them in the past like year or so. I think probably separate them now. Like you need yes. to keep them away from each other. Like I think they have a match at New Beginnings. That should be it. After right. the well, they had the tag team match at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. And now they have a singles match at the next big event. After and that, then that's it. Then separate. Um, on the Gaijin part, when I look at them, like not immediately, but we do need to stop putting Zack Saber Jr. more into that IWGP picture. Like he yeah. don't need to be doing no global title. No, no, no. Put him into the main title picture consistently. I mean, he's always been yeah, consistently, consistently uh, because he's been around. Because like the New Japan does have the guys. Like no, here's it. Nobody's gonna replace Okada. It's no. never gonna happen. It's like it's the scene in Moneyball yeah. when they're like, when he's like, we're trying to replace thirty home runs, a hundred RBIs, and he's like, you're still trying to replace Jason Giambi, and we can't. And even the, if there was yeah. another Giambi, we couldn't afford him. Listen, you're not there. People are clamoring about how you're going to replace Okada, and you can't replace Okada, but you can recreate him through there's a only, mixture of guys. There's only one sports franchise that I've recently seen in my time living where they consistently seem to have a guy set up next, and that's the fucking Green Bay Packers because they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers pretty smoothly. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. They're going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love pretty smoothly. Yeah. You don't see that often. I mean, because like, it's so hard. It's hard. I think everybody so, wishes they could, but it's so hard. They, you don't see it. Like, look at, like, New England went to how many Super Bowls? When's the last time the quarterback actually blew your mind? <laughs> so it's like, when you look at it, it's difficult. And in wrestling, it's even more difficult. Like, every company, WWE has failed at that. Trying to set up the next guy the way they want the next guy to work. No, they well, had it is to, Roman Reigns. I mean, it's they, Roman Reigns, it took a long time to get there from the John say, Cena to Roman Reigns transition. But that's what I mean. I don't it took a long mean time to get there. I mean, it took as long as it took for like the Rock and Stone Cold transition to get to John Cena. So, right. So but that's what I mean. Hard. Yeah. Even if you look between Hogan to like the Rock's Stone Cold time, there was a dip. There was a little bit of a dip for them. Even though you had Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, they were not Stone Cold in the Rock. Let's not fuck it up. Yeah. And then even from Stone Cold Rock to John Cena, there was a little bit. It took a second. And then from John Cena to Roman, took a minute. Because the way they tried to present it, no one wanted it. I wasn't saying Roman's a failure, but just no one wanted that fucking Roman. So it took a minute before it just really hit on all cylinders. But the thing is now, you have options. Let's not get too cute with the fucking booking book. All right, let's yeah. not well, get like, too cute. I was cute also going to say, like, I would like to see Tanahashi get, and I don't know if he is, um, but now that we know that he is in the office, in the admin, Tanahashi, mm-hmm. I would like to see him get involved with the creative as well. Um, he does. He needs to. Uh, Gaido 
could use a little help right now. Um, you think? And because we can all use a little bit of help from time to time. Um, and I think Tanahashi could be the guy to do it because it, you know, I'm looking at the roster page right now mm-hmm. and there's guys there who I could see as top tier and I could see him like, so the rivalry we've already talked about, you got Shoto and you got Ren. Um, Ren. That's going to be your bread and butter for the next decade. But yes. you also, you know, you need your guys. So you have Jeff Cobb who is a stud and yeah. can be on your top tier. Should yeah. be on your top tier. You should have be. Zach Sabre Jr., who Absolutely. should be on your top tier. I could even see him being the next champion after yes. Nido and him holding that. it for a good long time and then losing it to whenever Ren or Shota is ready. I um, think that's perfect. I think Alex Coughlin should be your next um, – should be top tier and should be on the same track as Ren and Shota, not to be the guy or even in your top three guys, but mm-hmm. still upper card. Um, I think, um, shoot. I think David Finley, I don't understand the hate around him. I think he's really, really good. And as being there in the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom, um, the fans do respond to him. Like they really, really do. I think he does make a good leader of Bullet Club. Um, if he can uh, keep it up, maybe. I, I don't. don't know. I don't hate Finley. Well, let me say that I don't hate him, but I will say, if you look at War Dogs or Bullet Club all together, there is someone who feels more like they should be the leader than him. Gabe Kid. Absolutely. Eh. But there's the thing. Okay, so we've already we we just began this discussion of like how do you recreate Okada, mm-hmm. like through your through through your native talent, through your gaijins, through your rivalries, um, and we've already mentioned three guys from Bullet Club who still move a lot of merch and are still have a very recognizable name. The faction Bullet Club, of course. You got Finley. You got Coughlin. You got Gabe Kidd. Reestablishing that faction. I think with it, it should be very, very valuable. Should be very, very valuable in the next couple of years. It, I, I absolutely agree. I will also say I think the issue becomes this. To me, like I don't hate Finley. Like I feel like he does have a little bit of an aura. Like I loved his. Maybe it's just me. I do. I did like his New Japan entrance. Like it had like a feel to it that really worked. Finley does feel like early, like early before Jay White really had it all click. Like he feels like early Jay White, like okay. very early, like first coming back I mean, with the compliment, switch. right? But the first coming back with the switchblade, like before he really clicked on everything. Like Finley just gives me that. The thing with Gabe Kid, Gabe Kid just feels like he has one the presence. Like when you like every time I've seen him talk. Even in interviews, there's an energy that he has that Finley don't have. That fits with past Bullet Club leaders. Like, he has an energy that Finley... Like, Finley Finley feels a lot more chill when Gabe Kidd just feels like... He feels like he's damn near in the same vein as Jay White. So, it's like... Also, in ring, I find him very fucking entertaining. I love oh, yeah. Eddie Kingston. And I feel like, not that I don't really find myself enjoying Finley matches, but they're like, okay. Um, yeah. And listen, you, you got established New Japan 
veterans. You got Sonata right there. You can even you can put the title in Ishii. And I think that would make everybody happy. Shingo. Shingo. You can put it on Shingo. <laughs> I do think they have the tools to survive this transitional period. Um, yes. I think also a, a huge one, like I would say the three big factors are create your next big rivalry and you can recreate Okada through two wrestlers. Yeah. Ren Shoda. Uh, reestablish the Bullet Club. Absolutely. A lot of talent right there and a lot of name recognition. Um, and the third prong of this trident of attack would be reestablishing the junior heavyweight division. Oh, when I was there for that Madison Square Garden show, the biggest cheers were for uh, Taiji Ishimori in that triple threat match. That was the match of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and people used to flock for their junior heavyweight division. Every like the talk was like the whispers were you only need to watch for the junior heavyweight division. Yeah, and it was pretty dead and lame when I was there at Wrestle Kingdom. So fourth in Tokyo Dome. I know for Windy City Riot, they have Hiromu versus Ali, which I think is going to fucking go crazy. Yeah. I think you have to get Ali in the best of the super juniors this year. It but I, I don't think he's a junior heavyweight anymore, though. He was talking about the junior heavyweight division in his promo there. Oh, okay. Then excuse me. Yeah. Um, so Ali has to be in the junior and that's why he's taking on Hiromu. He's like, I'm bringing back prestige to the junior heavyweight division. You there you go. If you don't have Ali, Leo Rush, I was gonna bring yeah. Myron Reed. Ooh, I would love to see Myron Reed get a push in and Speedball Bailey in your goddamn best of your super juniors. I don't know if Speedball counts as a junior heavyweight. Wasn't he in it last year? Yeah, but wrestlers gain weight every year. Like he's looking I mean, bigger than ever. Okay, if not him, Trey Miguel. Nice. If you don't have them in your best of your super juniors this year, what are we doing? What What are we doing? What's their cutoff for junior heavyweight? Is it like for pounds? I forget what it is. I want to say it's somewhere around one ninety something, maybe two. I want to say it's around one ninety something, maybe two hundred. One hundred ninety. Uh, because there's no, there's no way Bailey, Bailey is under 200 pounds. I'll be, if they are, they if, if they do put him in there, they have their finger on the scale, which is <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, um, but there's there's no like you can look like I evaluate athletes for a living. Even on league, I'm looking. I'm like, there's no fucking way with like with the well, pictures he's, that he's posting that he's under 200. Well, I mean, they bill them as 174, so I mean... There's I no fucking way. There's <laughs> no way. Okay, so they billed Rey Mysterio at 165 for years. Um, yeah, he was I don't know what that. they bill him at now. Go look at a picture of um, Ali and Rey Mysterio in his prime when he was at 165. Mm-hmm. Put them next to each other and tell me that these two people are within 10 pounds of each other. No, I mean, I've seen Ali... From when I seen the free agency photo, when I was just like, Jesus Christ, this man's just been living in the gym. Okay, so, <laughs> so I was just like, like you know. can convince me he's under two hundred or around two hundred. You're not going to convince mm-hmm. me that he's at one seventy four still. You know, maybe he'll cut. Like maybe he'll start cutting once it's time to actually start wrestling again. 
Right. Like, and he's just in a bulk period right now. But there's no goddamn way right now that he, you know, I don't want to say no goddamn way because I could be wrong. Honestly, I could be wrong. I would be surprised if he is, if Mustafa Ali is below 205. Let me right see. Right now. Um, no, the wait, what is that really the weight limit? What is it? 220 pounds. Yes. Oh, no, yeah. That's, they can all yeah. fit. They, they Bailey all and Bailey. Yeah, we were all fucking wrong. Um, what? Bailey and, and if, Mustafa if, Ali, I can see being below 220. If that's the case, if that's the case, if I'm New Japan, I got a working relationship with AEW, I need Daniel Garcia. Let me get Daniel Garcia. Brilliant. Let me get Daniel Garcia. You get Ali. He's a free agent. You get Mike Bailey. You get... I mean, Garcia in there works for all parties. Exactly. But that's the thing. They need to... They need that for their... Or shit. No, never mind. Actually, I don't even want to see him in there. Anyway. <laughs> Who are you going to say? Just out of curiosity. Jack Perry. <laughs> I was going to oh. say. And then I realized I don't even want to see him in there. <laughs> I would like to see him in there. Uh, we, maybe. we forget. Okay, this is... I'm not a big Jack Perry fan. I don't think there are a lot of big Jack Perry fans. But we should remember when he was with Jurassic Express... He was good. ...that people loved him. The yeah. whole stadium arena doing, like, the way oh, 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 they were with it. Like, here's the truth of it is, is that he's probably best suited for an upper mid-card heel... And yep. a top of the card tag team guy. Yes. He struggles to carry a match on his own. Yeah. That's like, like he just doesn't, he can't carry it through a full, he can't carry an aura through a full 15 minutes. He got the moves, yeah. but he doesn't got the aura. At a certain yeah. point, he feels very inauthentic. I mean, I, I guess think it's in a junior heavyweight, like, Tournament round robin. I think that's probably best suited for him. Yeah. Get some wins more than he loses, but like wins more than he loses by like two. Wait, how do you equate? Okay, because I'm figuring this Jack Perry thing is definitely an excursion. How do you fit him into what New Japan is doing right now in their reboot? Like, where do you do you think you can do something? Junior heavyweight tournament, junior heavyweight title a couple times outside of the tournament. Because I definitely think his first match. Is going to be Windy City Riot, which is going to be interesting. I think they keep him away. I don't think New Japan wants that heat right now. I think they will take it. That show's already sold out. Uh, but like, I don't. You're not taking heat. You're just getting like, if you think about it, you have already Naito versus Moxley, Hiromu versus Ali. If you say Shooter versus Jack Perry, and Jack Perry's first match is in fucking Chicago. If I were New Japan, and I'm like, we need to hit a reset button and come go back to our roots. I'm not putting Jack Perry out there to be like they're not booing for the right reasons. Like they're booing because he exists. Like I'm not putting my company in those crosshairs because seeing Jack Perry is going to put a sour taste a very real sour taste in everybody in that crowd's mouth he's going to appear on that show and I don't think he's good enough to turn it around into a kayfabe he's going to end up appearing on that show though 
There's no way around him not appearing on that show. You know, you haven't mentioned Dolph Ziggler once in this whole, or excuse me, Nick Namath. Um, Because I don't see him doing anything. Well, it's very weird, right? Because I... I I mean, because you wanted to be the Dolph Ziggler of, like, the mid-2010s and to see how that goes. Well, I have a thought. Yeah, let me hear it. And I've, I've said this before. In my belief, if Dolph Ziggler had left at the same time Cody had left, Okay. Right? Dolph Ziggler would be the star that Cody is now, or close to. We're talking like 2015, 2016? 2016. So, if he had left the same year, that's after the Miz stuff, because that's at the end of that year. So, that's after him and Miz for the IC belt. Which was if the he, hottest he ever was. Next to the cash-in, that is the, that is the hottest yeah, he's ever been. Cash-in. You're right. If he goes on the Indies right after that match... We can't, like, him having that indie run, because you got to think, that's him going into ROH world. That's him going into New Japan at that time. That is him going into all these places, having some of these matches. I think you get, one, he's absolutely on the all-in card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think you could argue he becomes part of the elite. Yes, I think, and call me crazy, I think he fits a little bit better than Cody at that moment. (laughs) Call me crazy. I am going to call you crazy there. Because I'm going to let you keep going. I'm going to let you finish. But I'm going to call you crazy. When Cody first came out, you got to remember, he was still coming out from under Stardust. So he was still. isn't the talker that Cody is. Cody 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 wasn't that talker. Cody can reestablish a narrative. Cody. In a five back. If you go back and look, not now, Cody. We're talking about just on the Indies, Cody. Just coming in on the indies, Cody wasn't that talker. Cody developed that. He developed and That's where I ended up liking Cody. Because at first I was just like, I don't know how I feel about Cody. But then he started to get better as a talker. He started to get better as a talker as a heel in ROH. So would you have Dolph Ziggler? Is he heel or babyface? Give me that. Oh, absolute heel. Okay. New Japan or Ring of Honor? He has his main promotion. Ooh, Ooh that's hard. Oh. Uh... You have to pick one for his match. ROH. ROH. Okay. Yes. Who's, is he? Does he become ROH world champion? Yes. No. I still yes. just want binary answers right now. I say he becomes yes. World champion. Yes. Um, reign over under six months. Under. Under over three months. Over. Okay. Um, under over six successful title. Uh, Ooh. push. Nice. Like, so I'm leaving um, it at six. And then I'll give you a more open-ended question. Mm-hmm. Who do you see him feuding with? As or actually, give me the lead up to the champion to his championship match and with his championship and the championship match itself. Just give me opponents. Who do you see him feuding with to make him the star in the mid 2000s? Because Cody Rhodes being on the same level as Cody Rhodes during that time mm-hmm. is a pretty bold prediction, which I also want to throw out there real quick. Many of my bold predictions coming true. <laughs> Okada to WWE rankings coming back. We do not know if Okada's going to WWE. Don't you wish that upon me. I do not wait, 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 do you hear that? Do you hear that beeping? That's the sound of Ari Emanuel, Nick Khan, and Triple H backing up the money truck. 
to Okada's home you and mean, just being like, hey, you like to make it rain? That made my stomach go. Sick. And just pulling that lever and like a fucking slot machine. Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 smaller <laughs> gun in a Kendrick Lamar music video. Just, there you go, buddy. These are dollars. No. They're worth a hundred times a yen. Come so, this way. Sign this deal. The one thing I will always say also, Cody was not always interesting in the ring. The thing That's that true. I will give Dolph is Dolph at that point, because you got to remember, you got to think about when he's coming out of WWE. That's him saying wrestling is this thing that I love and I give and I give and it never gives back to me. Dolph was cutting good ass goddamn promos going into the end of 2016. Like That was the whole him and Miz. You go back and watch that promo. That promo about how much he gives to the industry and the industry never gives him that love right. back. But like, I also don't think like we can take a no. series of promos and make it broader. Like, but he like, just he could well, have I'm, done this under any circumstances. No, but I'm saying he can do it. He just was in a place in WWE, especially at that time. They was that is 2016. That is a lot. That's heavy Vince McMahon micromanaging. Yeah. That is I heavy. I don't see but, Dolph Ziggler being able to cut those promos on I a regular basis. I do agree with you that he, at least at the time, was a better wrestler than Cody. Yes, and I think if I had him in ROH. I would love to see like a Cody uh, uh, as uh, Dolph or Nick Nemeth versus uh, a Jay Briscoe. Nice. Love it. Great match. I think him and a Dalton Castle. That program is yes. interesting. Great match. I think. Give me one more and then I'm going to ask you what's your title fight. Um, I'm trying to think the 2016 ROH roster. Why the fuck is it not in my head? Um, even him and I guess at that point Christopher Daniels because that was right. As Why isn't Daniels the twenty six just... Ring of Honor roster in your head? Because you have a life, then that's okay. Yeah, that's pretty much true. Like um, it's, it's okay. I've I'm pulling it up him... right now. I'll start throwing yeah. some names your way. Um, wait, 20, 2016? Yes, twenty sixteen. Yes, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. You're looking at a murderer's row. So you said Christopher Daniels. Yes, um, I said. I also said Dalton Castle. I said Jay Briscoe. I mean, AJ um, Styles is still around. By the time Dolph would have been a free agent, he would have been WWE. Uh, okay. I, I just see him on yeah. the roster here. Yeah, um, so he joined Royal Rumble. Yeah, so I guess it was. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right, right, right. Excuse me. Um, ACH. I would love that match. That would just yeah. be a good in-ring match. Uh, you got Dragon Lee. That's a great match as well. You oh, got... him and Roosh. Him selling Roosh's offense? Ooh, there we go. <laughs> him selling Roosh's you... offense would be crazy. You got Keith Lee. Another one. You can that have would him be... wrestle Omega. That's another with... thing. You think about 2016 Dolph Ziggler versus just a Kenny Omega at a Super Card of Honor. Okay, but do you have him beat Kenny Omega? No, absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> but how can you make him champion? Because, well, first of all, let's get something straight. If, we're too, if I'm booking this out, he would have to face Oka- he would face Omega after he's already had the championship. This is after. Like, him as champion, because even when Cody faced it, Kenny, he didn't have the belt. So, that's that. I 
would personally have him if, if he had a title feud, it would kind of similarly go to the Cody's, but I would have him go. I think a title match between him and Jay Briscoe would be fucking fantastic. A title match with him and Dalton Castle would be fantastic. Um, him giving like a proven grounds or just a match with ACH would be fantastic. Like, there's a lot of areas where this can work. You can have him do a little bit of Japan stuff. At that point, he can definitely be a super champion. So, just that you know, 2016, your champions are Jay Lethal, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. Who is he beating Jay Lethal? Because remember, that's an over a year long title reign. Yeah, take I would him have him off of Jay Lethal to give to a former WWE guy. I would have you him lost it to Adam Cole. So what you're doing in this timeline is replacing Adam Cole with Dolph Ziggler. Oof. Think about that for a month because I want you to understand. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I with it, I love the idea. But I, I, I need you to understand the application and practicality of what you're doing. <laughs> I understand. Because you're replacing Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly's well, wait. spot with Time out. Dolph Ziggler. Technically, I'm talking about him being in ROH 2017. When did when did Adam Cole? Because the mid Fine, 2017, stuff, you still have Adam Cole. When did uh, he sign with, with a guest? Because he signed at the end of 2017. You still have Christopher. So you have Adam Cole and champions in 2017. Adam Cole, Christopher Daniels, Cody Rhodes, Dalton Castle. I would have him take it off Christopher Daniels. So you're you're full on replacing Cody. Yes. It's a bold strategy, Connor. I am. You're taking one of the most lauded, defended, well-remembered indie runs in the history of professional wrestling. In the history of professional wrestling, when you it's talk about that, wrestling, people will always talk about the time Cody left WWE and did uh, the Indies and did Ring of Honor in New Japan. And you're replacing wholesale Cody in this timeline, Cody Rhodes with Dolph Ziggler. It's either I have him take it on Christopher Daniels or you said the last one was Dalton Castle. Yes. Actually, that fits better with what I book. I would have it Dalton Castle. So Dolph would be the person to take it off Dalton. So Dalton beats Cody. Dolph beats Dalton. Yes. Okay, I'm I'm with it uh, a little more there because yeah, it's a little less Because I had to think about which one would I? Because that because after he beat Daniels, that's when Cody that's when Cody turned heel. Isn't that I, when he I'm flipped them off? Cause I remember when Cody just like flipped him off, like after he beat him. Like I, I, I feel like that's when then he started doing the blonde hair, Cody, and that's when he started to turn heel. I want to believe, and that's when he did the actual ring of honor, like when he had the ring itself. Because I was gonna say, if you're replacing him, if you're really replacing Cody wholesale, is now you've you've really fucked with the timeline because no. now you're getting Dolph versus Kenny. And- yes. Uh, at uh, Manhattan, was it Manhattan Center? Um, Dolph I mean, versus Kenny as your biggest match honest, Mania weekend. If we're being honest, Dolph yeah. and Kenny would be a better match. But I agree with in okay, ring. here's the thing in the match, in yeah, ring, would it be a better program? Almost certainly not. No, because that was there, there's a lot going in there, but I still think you can still have elements of that with him beating Dalton. And him still having like eventually facing like Kenny, facing Hangman, because all these people were still in ROH. It was like yeah. Hangman, Kenny. So him actually being Dalton Castle would be better. 
And then I, think, I, would... no, I think this altered timeline that you've created, like of not replacing Cody wholesale and making Dolph more of like just in the elite or in the bullet club being a supplementary member, a very high ranking supplementary yes. member, but a supplementary is, is makes much more sense. Yes. So it would be like, he would be, he would take the belt off Dalton. I can see him having, I think him and Jay Briscoe would absolutely be a fucking banger. I don't think there's anybody who would disagree with that. Um, I think you can have a Christopher Daniels. You can have um, ACA. I think you could have a lot of great matches still. Okay, when you make when you when you make AEW, mm-hmm. is Dolph Ziggler one of your first signings? Yes, no. Yes. In this time, yes. Yes. Um, is he in the title picture? When you create AEW, yes, I would put him. So I'm not erasing Jericho, but him and Jericho would be similar. Not on the same level. I'm starting to lose me again. Listen, listen. Now starting to lose me again. Listen, not on the same level, but I would think like he'd just be like right here. Like I think it would be Jericho, Cody, then probably Ziggler. Jericho, Cody, Ziggler. Where's Hangman? Because remember, Hank, no, like Hangman's still going to get his spot. I think you would have Ziggler still presented. Because even like Cody didn't interfere with what Hangman was doing, like in the beginning. Yeah, but but Hangman, so Hangman still gets that first title match. Yes, Hangman still Um, gets his first title match. But what I mean is just like when you look at that beginning of AEW, like Cody was a big star because Cody was really like, you know, pronounced on his solo run. Right. You had Jericho pronounced on his. I think you would have a Ziggler spot where it would almost be like its own thing too. I think that can actually work. You know, I'm really glad that for the first time I can actually wrap up the show and be like, let us know in the comments if you think Deem is a crazy person and not Jack. Yeah. <laughs> if let me know and, what you think of Deem's hot takes and not Jack's. I'm just saying, I truly believe if he left the same time as Cody. Listen, I really, I I agree with you that if he had left WWE at that point, he could have he could have had a really really memorable great run, and I think it would have been really really cool to see. I'm not yeah. as on board with like Dolph Ziggler in the Elite being champion, being an AEW top ooh, star. Ooh. I ain't saying again now. Even though he'd be an AEW, I think the interesting thing would be Dolph does not. Well, I'm saying Dolph. Ring of Honor belt. Oh, okay, yeah, real quick. I mean, so he gets the Ring of Honor belt. Mm-hmm. Um, does he just yes, no, does he have a new Japan? He doesn't even have to win the belt, but does he have a new Japan world title um program? Match? Yes. Yes, okay. Um let us know your thoughts in the comments. Yes. Come back with us next week. Uh I'm Jack Simon. Check me out on jacksimonmakes.com for all my directing and writing and my column on yasmintimes.com for my movie reviews and Instagram and Twitter, Jack Doc Simon. And you can follow me at Life of Deem on everywhere. I'm getting back to being very active with my artwork. Uh, me and the guys the guys from our group chat recently gave me an idea. So I'm thinking about every Thursday maybe dropping some wrestling-themed art Ooh, um, that, that I might be doing. But, uh, yeah, follow me, Life of Deem. I'm working on one now. But follow me, Life of Deem, everywhere. Make sure you follow us. Instagram, Wrestling with Romance. One word, no, no spaces, no underscore. Follow us at Romance Podcast on Twitter. And yeah, we're out. Deuces. Deuces. I was trying to do an R there. Wrestling. <laughs>
that run 